Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your goodness to us, answering prayer, just allowing us to be your servants. Lord, we're thankful for your word that we can hope in it and know that it will work. And Lord, we're so thankful that you don't answer our prayers based upon our sincerity or our ability to pray, but you answer prayers based upon your goodness and greatness. Lord, we're thankful for all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christmas season progresses and we move through to finish the book of Proverbs. And uh, tonight uh, we've come up to the unsavory topic of the fool and foolishness and uh, refusing and uh, reproofs. And all of these things, we've got about, uh, oh, pretty close to 40 verses. And uh, we're probably not going to get every verse word for word, but uh, we're certainly going to cover uh, the, the main ones and, and uh, the simple thing is, and, and uh, the book of Proverbs is full of this, when you see... Someone behaving foolishly or as a fool, get away. I mean, do not partake. Certainly do not add to the behavior. And uh, we start in Proverbs chapter 14. Uh, We're going to go through several verses here. Just the basic behavior of foolish people. 14 and 9. Fools make a mock at sin but among the righteous, there is favor. I'll tell you, I don't know why people think sin is so funny. It puts people in hell. But yet, how many jokes do we know about sin? Uh, I uh, remember this as a student in Bible college. We had a, a well-known preacher at that time. He is well-known today in certain circles, but for very foolish things. And uh, he had a quartet. He called them the staff germs. And, uh, uh, and one of the guys was an Elvis impersonator. And here we are in Bible college, studying the Bible. And uh, the, the thing that just made it so hilarious was the week before, we'd had an excellent series on why rock and roll music should have no part in Christian fellowship. It was just superbly excellent. And then the next week, in comes Dr. So-and-so with his staff germs and an Elvis imitator that sings, I'm too cool for Sunday school. And was it funny? Let me tell you, it was funny. But I remember as a student sitting there in college, and this verse starts ringing in my head. And let me tell you something. The most tragic part of that whole story was about 15 years later, that preacher ends up committing suicide because he got caught doing some very, very horrible things. The Bible's not kidding. When it says, fools make, fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. 
Now, what does, how does that contrast? Is the righteous, go to Philippians chapter 4 if you want, it gives us a whole list of good things that we ought to be thinking about. And that's what this verse is talking about. The fools want to sit around and have a good joke. Jason, come over here beside Rachel and just sit down. Thank you. Um, Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there's favor. Righteous people, we ought to be looking for that which is good. Not this worldly thing of looking for the good in people, because there is no good in people. There's good in God. Amen? What we're supposed to be doing is looking for what is favorable, what is good, what we can encourage others to do, not simply what we can make a joke of. Fools are always looking to make a joke. We have Christian comedians now going around. And, uh, and let me tell you, some of it is very, very funny. And it's not dirty. It's hilarious. But let's be careful what the subject of our joke is. Because when you can joke about something... You can participate in it. It lets your guard down. That's one of the things they teach you in motivational speaking. Is if you can get people laughing with you, you can get them listening to you. And it, there, I, I love to use humor, but we better be careful what we're laughing at. Amen? And so uh, that's something that fools do. Go down to verse 33 of the same chapter. Chapter 14, verse 33. It says, Wisdom resteth in the heart of him that hath understanding. Now, do you get that? Wisdom rests in the heart of him that hath understanding. Now, the contrast is coming. But that which is in the midst of fools is made known. You know what? You don't have to tell everybody everything you know. In five minutes or less. Amen? No. Uh, the, the simple truth of the matter is, and, and we'll get to another verse that says, even a fool when he holdeth his mouth is counted, when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. Uh, the, the simple truth of the matter is, a fool is always, always blabbing. If you find yourself one of those gregarious people that always has to say something, when you read this verse, it ought to just put the brakes on a little bit. Hey, be careful. Be be careful. You don't have to tell everything. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. You know, we ought to just... Maybe put that verse on a nice piece of paper and print it real nice and send it to all of our political representatives. Amen? Uh, lying lips do not, uh, do not become a prince, a ruler. And yet, what have we gotten out of Washington, D.C., out of City Hall and out of Albany? If it weren't for lies, we'd have nothing. So... Let's, let's, let's pray about that. Uh, the foolish person is not looking for wisdom. 
But Proverbs 17, 16 says, Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? See, the foolish, the fool is not only foolish in his behavior, but he is constantly under the guise of looking for wisdom, ignoring it. He's got the price. He's going to pay the price. I mean, it's like going to college in many of these local colleges today. What do you study? Well, I'm a general studies student. What kind of job do you get from general studies? What, what kind of trade will that prepare you for? Now, I'm not against getting school, but sometimes people go to college and there's absolutely no reason. They have no heart to it. All they want to do is get into the party scene and do this stuff, but they're going to pay for it. And if we talk about this, just take this on, Proverbs 15.32 says, He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them because they refuse to do judgment and the desire of the slothful killeth him for his hands refuse to labor. So what we're doing is we're putting the foolishness and the refusing together because this is what the fool does. He refuses instruction he refuses to do judgment, and he refuses to labor. Does that describe something familiar to you today called American society? <laughs> I mean, we better be careful. I mean, this is what's going on in our society today. And yet, how much money does it cost to put a kid through high school in New York City? You know, our government spends more money educating children in New York City. If, we, if you could, as a parent, be given the money that the New York City would spend on your child, you could send them to one of the most exclusive boarding schools in the whole world. Or at least in the Northeast, a, a day school. I mean, not boarding, excuse me. But, I mean, you're looking at, like, Average cost is almost $10,000 a year per student in New York City public education. Stop and think about that. And what do we get? See, the fool, Proverbs 18.2, hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. The fool seeks to know his heart. What does the Bible say? The wise man seeks to know God. Amen. And so we got a contrast here. And then the last uh, attribute that we'll cover is Proverbs 20 and verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife. Isn't it honorable when someone just stops fighting and stops the fighting? That's an honorable thing. But here's the attribute or the behavior of fools. But every fool will be meddling. Now, this is 
not the best illustration in the world, but there's one reason why I hate doing joint compound taping on a wall is because I can't stop messing with it. I'll put it up and it doesn't look right. And so I'll go over it again. It doesn't look right. And I'll go over it again. I'll scrape it all off and start over again. And by the time I'm done, it's starting to dry. And it really looks like a foolish man worked on it. And that's why I don't like doing it. Because I don't do a good job. And I really don't want to learn how to do a good job, honestly. But that's beyond this point. But what I'm saying is the fool is always working on it. Always meddling with it. Always trying to get a little more out of it. You know what the hardest thing in the world to do? Is wait for God to work. Isn't that hard to do? That's hard to do, isn't it, Brother Mike? And I'll tell you what, you get meddling with it, you're going to get in trouble. It's hard to sit there in Bible college and just take dumb tests over stuff you're never going to use, you think, but you will. No, hey, let God do his work. Aren't you glad you waited, Brother Franz? But if you're always meddling, when the right one came along, you've been too busy to take God's direction. I mean, that's what this verse is talking about. So very quickly, an overview here. Fools are always looking for a joke. They want to make a mock at sin. Saturday Night Live crowd. I don't think we need to stand and say anything more about that. Fools are always telling you everything they know. They're not going to give out wisdom. They have characteristics. They're not going to speak good and right things. They have a price in their hand to get wisdom, but they have no heart, so they're never going to get it no matter how much they spend. In the book of Timothy, it talks about ever learning and never coming to the truth. The fool refuseth instruction. He refuseth to do judgment. He refuseth to labor. He has no delight in understanding anything. He wants to understand himself. He wants to know his own heart. And the fool will always be meddling. Now, when you see these attributes, get out of the way. You see, in Proverbs chapter 17, it says, A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. Now, just so you understand this, in the Old Testament law, the most amount of stripes that a person was able to give as punishment was 40. That was the maximum number. Now, when you're talking about two and a half times that maximum number, that you know, that's a death sentence. They're saying, listen, you can kill the fool, but you're not going to remove his foolishness from him. He's not going to listen. It says, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. 
I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 15. We're going to look at a few verses in a row here, right at the end of the chapter. And it says, starting in verse 30, The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. And what this is saying here is, there are some good things here to uh, uh, the light of the eyes, having to be able to see. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount about light and having a single eye and being full of light. And a good report maketh the bones fat. It makes you healthy there. It says here in verse 31, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. You know, if you refuse instruction, if you refuse to hear what God has for you, there, there is going to be trouble in your life. Proverbs 28, 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fill-in-the-blank fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Again, the same thing contrasting here in Proverbs 29, 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth an end till afterwards. You know, first time I read that verse many, many years ago as a teenager, I said, afterwards what? He, he, the wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. How do you know when it's afterwards? Well, if you don't know and you want to be wise, just keep it in. Amen? Uh, you'll never, very rarely will you err by not saying something that you think you might. But how often do we cause lots of problems by saying things that we think we ought to when we shouldn't? I mean, it's just there. And it's in print in your Bible. Don't meddle. Don't tell everybody everything you know. Don't put in your two cents. Uh, especially with all this hope and change we got coming, we need to keep all the sense we got. Amen? And... Um, so we come down here to uh, some of the consequences of, of foolishness here. We've had some contrasting and we've had the, uh, the basic behavioral traits there or the characteristics. And uh, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 13 and we'll work through. And um, uh, verse 20. Proverbs 13 and verse 20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You want to be smart? Be around smart people. Amen? You want to be wise. Now, there's a difference between wisdom and smart, but you want to be wise, the Bible says. You hang around wise people. That's one of the reasons why we send our students to Bible college. We want them to be influenced by wise men. And one of the things that I explain to preachers often, and, 
And uh, probably wouldn't hurt just to go here. One of the things that Heartland has that almost no other Bible college has is they have a large collection of preachers. They'll let little pastors of little churches in there to preach in chapels. Most colleges, uh, uh, a lot of them are, are run by one pastor and one church, and that's the only information you get in the whole college. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's good, but wouldn't it be a whole lot better to get the counsel of a lot of wise men than just one or two? Uh, I think it is, and uh, I, I know our students benefit, and not to criticize other colleges in particular, but I've seen the students of Heartland operate in the, wor- in the real world as I've traveled and things, and I'll tell you what, it, it says right here, if you want to walk with wise men, you're going to be wise. That's, that's why we send them to school. But if you're going to be the companion, guess what? Even on the campus of Heartland, there are foolish people, are there not? Uh, And uh, you make yourself the companion of the foolish people, what's going to happen? You're going to get kicked out of school right along with them, amen? And and, uh, that's the way it ought to be. But listen, don't be the companion of fools. Proverbs 14 and verse 24 says, the crown of the wise is their riches. But the foolishness of fools is folly. How do you get that? The crown of the wise is their riches. You know what? Wisdom applied is going to produce something. And it's not only monetary riches. There's a lot of treasures that God gives us that has nothing to, you can't buy with money. Amen? And it says, the crown of the wise is their riches. But the foolishness of fools is folly. I mean, there's just so much that is simply folly today. Let me just read you a couple more verses that are along the same lines of this folly. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools... Is folly. It's just nothingness. It's foolishness. It's it's sin. Let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. You know, when you indulge in this thing called folly, It's not only your foolishness. The Bible says it's your instruction. Not only is it your instruction, it is your joy. You wonder why people can do some of the horrendous things that they do. It's because they believe they're doing right. You know, we've often tried to to cast a little light of what goes on in the real world around us. How many of you have ever tried getting out of debt by spending more money? But you know what? This is their instruction. Have you ever met, has Charles Schumer, our senator, has he ever met a spending bill that was not his joy? 
Oh, yes, if it has anything to do with the Pentagon. <laughs> but if, if it has to do with uh, putting serial numbers on bullets, and, and think, he, he enjoys that. that. That is a joy to him. Uh, by the way, what happens when a bullet hits something? But he wanted to put serial numbers on the actual slugs of all the bullets. Do you know how much money that would cost? And uh, after it's hit a piece of wood or, uh, Lord forbid, uh, something inside a person, are you going to read the serial number on the bullet? (coughs) Foolishness. And yet it's a joy to them. Proverbs 17 says, He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow, and the father of a fool hath no joy. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. And later on we're going to, let me just skip ahead and grab this verse. It says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it from him. But Proverbs 27, 22 says, though thou shouldest bray a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle, yet will not his foolishness depart from him. Now, do you get the contrast there? It says here, If a child is left to himself, he brings his mother to shame. But if there's foolishness in the heart of a child, it says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You know, little children do foolish things. Little children say foolish things, do they not? Uh, That is just the way a little child is. But when that little child is 45 years old, it's no longer funny, is it? it? It's pretty pathetic. You can't take a 40-year-old man, and, and I know a man that actually did this. I guess he was in his late 20s, but he said, uh, I just wish you could paddle me to another preacher so I could learn how to live right. Hey, it's too late. That only works until you get about six or seven, eight, nine years old. Uh but there, there are people out there, and I got good news. That guy turned out great. Later. A lot later. But um, you see, his heart was going in the right direction. His head was just all messed up. But when you get someone who is convinced, you know, we have people running around trying to do Christian apologetics. Now, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Uh, the Bible says, if you're to take that fool, how many of you know what a mortar and pestle is? You ever been at a pharmacy? They have the little bowl with the thing that grinds the, that's a mortar and pestle. Now, if you put a person in a big one and uh, got that thing working pretty good, I imagine you could just about get everything apart that was once together, don't you? And yet the foolishness will not leave. It's still there. You grind them up into little bits, but every little bit's got foolishness attached to it. And so, 
Don't argue with the foolish people. It's, it's not going to help you. Now, Proverbs 20, 17, 28 says, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. You know, they train certain psychologists and, and, and leaders. They said, listen... Everybody really has their own answer. All you have to do is facilitate an opportunity for them to talk to themselves through you long enough and they'll come up with the answer they want. And guess what? You could pay $300 an hour to talk to yourself. And that guy is, and even more, and he is trained to allow you to talk to yourself. You know why? Because the less he says, the smarter you think he is. Now, isn't that really backwards? You have to be kind of backwards to make that connection, I'm sure, but uh, that's the way I am. Uh, But the simple truth is, people think. Some even, even it says even a fool. So if a fool can be quiet, shouldn't we be quiet? A little more quiet than we are. A little, little more eager to hear. A little less eager to speak. Delight is not seemly for a fool, meaning that foolishness is not going to lead you to the better things in life. Much less for a servant to have rule. Over princes. Now, the Bible gives us some action to take. It says, Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. That verse needs so much interpretation, we ought to devote a whole service to it, shouldn't we? I mean, it's just so, just leave. Get out of there. When you perceive not the lips of knowledge, go. A wise man and feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. Wow. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of of a fool are in the ends of the earth. You know what that's saying? It says, wisdom is before him that hath understanding. If you have understanding, how far did you have to go to get your understanding? Uh, It's before him. Do you get it? But what does the fool do to get understanding? He searches to the ends of the earth. He's going to go into the deepest caves and and delve into the darkest manuscripts of all ancient history because the knowledge is out there somewhere. You know, they're looking for the knowledge of the ancient Mayan empire and the Incas and all this. Can I ask you a question? What good did the wisdom of the Incas do them? There's nothing there today but ruins. Uh, By the way, Abraham was alive. And we still believe in the same God long before the Incas built their thing. I'll, I'll stick with Abraham's wisdom instead of trying to find out why the Mayan calendar didn't work and the world didn't end last year or whenever it was supposed to. You see, the Bible tells us the eyes of the fool are in the ends of the earth. 
And here's what it, if a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. If you're going to contend with the fool, guess what? It doesn't matter what happens. You're not going to be satisfied with the outcome. Now, let's just one more passage, and I know we've covered a lot of verses in a hurry tonight, but Proverbs chapter 26. In all but verse 2 of Proverbs 26, and it is from chapter, um, verse 1 to verse 12, every verse except for verse 2 has the word fool in it, or fools. And so what I've called this is the treatise on the fool. And let's just read it. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. What happens when it snows in the summer? Kills everything. When you have rain in the harvest, it destroys the harvest because it's got to be dry in order to harvest. The harvest will literally rot in the bins. As a bird by wandering and a swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. You know what it's saying there? You know, the fools are eager to curse things. They're always talking about how, what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. It says here, don't worry about the curse of the fools. The curse causeless is not going to come. A whip for the horse and a bridle for the ass and a rod for the fool's back. I love verses 4 and 5. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou, be, lest thou also be like unto him. Okay, so we don't answer a fool according to his folly. He's sitting there, he's proclaiming his foolishness. Don't answer him according to his foolishness, because if you do, you're going to be like unto him. What's the next verse say? Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Is that a contradiction in the scripture? Of course, we know it isn't. What does it tell you? Well, we've already read Proverbs 29.9, if a wise man contend with the foolish, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. So, if you don't answer the fool, guess what? I mean, if you, uh, if you do uh, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou be like unto him. When you answer the fool according to his folly, people are going to think that you're a fool. And if you do not answer him, he's going to be wise in his own conceit. So what happens? You lose. If you, can, if you t- contend, if you talk with the foolish man, if you try to answer the foolish man, you lose. No matter what you do, no matter if you answered all of his questions, you lose. You know, I remember early on in the ministry, I used to, you know, find different people and, and uh, try to convince them and And then I started listening to my conversation I was having with these people. I said, you know what? I'm in Proverbs chapter 26. Uh, This is not helpful to the testimony of our church and what we're supposed to be doing. Let's get out of here. Amen. And he that sendeth a message according uh, by the hand of a fool, cut it off the feet and drinketh damage. 
The legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. As he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. Now, how many of you know what David's sling was like? It was two, anywhere from six to ten foot straps of leather with a little sack in the middle. And you would hold the two ends. One end would be wrapped in your fingers so that it would not let go. The other you would hold here. And you'd swing this thing and the centrifugal force that was generated would make that rock moving many, many times the speed that it would normally move. You let go and that rock would sling out of there. Well, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you know what happens? You put that little rock in there and that thing is six feet away and you try to get it into the air and the stone falls out. And so the fool wraps it up and ties it in the sling so that it won't fall out. Well, what happens when you let go of that strap and the stone is bound in the thing? It's going to swing back and knock the living daylights out of you. You see, the fool is only going to hurt himself But here's what it says. If you give honor to the fool, you're like the idiot that binds the rock in the sling. You're going to destroy yourself. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of the drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. Now, we might modernize this just a little bit, and I'm not trying to reinterpret it, but as a drunken man survives the car wreck, and kills everybody else. So is a parable in the mouth of fools. You see, he's going to survive, but everybody else is going to die. The great God hath formed all things, both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth transgressors. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. See this thou a wise man in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. I know that you are greatly encouraged and just lifted up. But let me ask you a question. How many of you met a fool this week? You had to deal with them. We need to be careful because there's great damage that we can allow in our own lives, in our children's lives, in the life of our church if we're not careful on how we handle fools. The world is full of fools. Full of it. I mean, what greater definition is there of a fool than the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. How could you explain foolishness to any better degree than to explain, uh, than to use that word dealing with someone who has read this Bible and knows the story of Jesus and yet refuses to accept it? How could you be more foolish than that? But there's an awful lot of people out there that can be helped past their foolishness and helped to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we need to be involved. That's where our main effort must be put forth. Otherwise, we're going to get into trouble. And all God's people said...
Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we just take a few moments. I pray that as we study these things in the Bible that the Lord will be able to bring these verses back to our mind and to remind us as we read through the book of Proverbs what foolishness is and what it isn't, Lord, and how dangerous it is that we may live for thee in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll take just a moment. If you need to slip out or just pray at your seat, and then we'll get to our prayer time tonight.